0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: To Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and I want to welcome the callers and chatters to Research at the National Archives and Beyond. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. If you have logged in as a guest, and I do see several guests in the chat room tonight, and you wish to participate in the chat, please sign in through your Facebook account or blog, Talk Radio. Well, tonight is a very exciting night, and I'm really happy to welcome Bill Webb to the show. Bill will discuss his research about his ancestor on Mulberry Row. At Thomas Jefferson's Monticello and beyond, and I do mean beyond. Well, after retiring from a career in banking, Bill Webb began to investigate his family history, and he has a fascinating journey to share with us tonight. So let me give just a warm welcome to Bill Webb to research at the National Archives and Beyond. Welcome, Bill.
0: And thank you, thank you for letting me to participate to start with. Many, many shout-outs to our friends, the listeners our associates that have always been so supportive of our history and our research. And I always give a special shout-out to my wife, who has always been there and has started this journey for me uh, at least 40 years ago, Eva Cobus-Webb.
1: What a joy and what a pleasure to know that you have had this wonderful partner beside you, to help you with your research. So, let's start at your beginning. What motivated you to research your family history?
0: Well, believe it or not, um, some years later, it was the TV series that was in January 1977, Uh, Before that, I'd shown my wife, Eva, uh, two family uh, Bibles on our first trip to my hometown, Parkersburg, West Virginia, May 1974. We had planned a surprise birthday party for my father's birthday, 80th birthday. But then when we watched this series, she told me, you can do this. You can research your family. So, we started in the dusty back room of a courthouse in West Virginia. We found them, and the first thing we found was the marriage record of my maternal grandparents, william Harrison Washington and belinda edmondson november twenty fourth uh, eighteen eighty one Ah the excitement i guess of finding this first documented family record led us to continue our research which is still ongoing of course but whether it's the National Archives, the Schomburg here in New York, the library at Howard University and finally Monticello itself, the Getting Word Project and of course online with uh, Ancestry.com
1: so you're beginning, which is very interesting. To begin in a dusty courthouse, why did you decide the courthouse?
0: Well, but no, uh, it was in my hometown, and in this, and so uh, we were probably on another visit, and I guess I wanted to see it validated. Was it real? I mean, were the dates correct? And it was. And so that was the first excitement there.
1: So tell us more. Well, but no. But
0: then we we kept expanding it. um, The story had really started with me as a kid, maybe 10 to 12 years old, uh having a family bible and uh, another one in the household my mother had inherited a family bible and so uh, it was well first of all let me describe the the family bible it's and i which i have now in my dining room uh it's a uh, approximately 10 inches by 12 inches and about four and a half inches thick, beautifully illustrated, and it's called a Pictorial Family Bible, copyrighted uh, 1881. But also, it included a history of religious denominations. including something called, which we wouldn't say now, Mohammedism, a map of the Holy Land, even wild animals of the Scripture, and a dictionary of the Bible, and then, of course, there was a a family section. But only two pages had been um, um, with any entries, and that was the births and the deaths. In the deaths, one dr- kind of drew my attention. It said, and from the Bible, Brown Colbert, father of Melinda Colbert Edmondson, emigrated to Liberia in 1833 and died soon after landing. Well, I think the buzzword for me at that young age was Liberia. I would. Um, I knew about the Pittsburgh Courier. J. Rogers was a um, columnist there, so he covered so much of the Black history at that time. On the next page was births, but they started off with the marriage of Belinda Colbert and Samuel Edmond. Uh, I'm sorry, Samuel Edmondson, December twenty seventh, eighteen twenty seven. And listed uh, the births of their eight children, including my great-grandfather, George Edmondson, born March the 25th, 1836. Uh, Our research at this point has only been able to find two of his siblings, Mary Elizabeth and a brother, Edward uh,
1: So now you have found this. This is actually documented in this family Bible that Brown Colbert and Melinda and Samuel immigrated to Liberia.
0: No, Brown only. Brown only. Brown only.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did you at that time know who this was?
0: No idea. And being a young child, I asked my mother, Uh, and this is all from a uh, maternal side, well, what do you know about this? Well, they knew nothing. And so I kind of put it away for a while, and not knowing who it could be. And also a disturbing thing is that she had inherited this Bible from an uncle, and when they, as we call it, broke up his house, I remember a bonfire with uh, uh, picture albums and whatever being put on the fire. Oh, we don't know who uh, this is. But luckily, because this was a Bible, it was not burned.
1: Wonderful. So they did manage to salvage this Bible and pass it on. So tell us, who who is Brown Colbert?
0: Well, I didn't find out until many, many years later. Uh, Now I know that he's my third great-grandfather. Didn't know who he was or um, anything. My family... It seemed to have not passed down to them any oral um, traditions, history, or whatever. It bypassed, obviously.
1: Okay, so tell us, what else did you find then?
0: Oh, well, no. The Bible itself, uh, I've described it perhaps, but in the Bible was a folded uh, envelope, uh, no, an envelope, I should say. And in between the pages of the Family Bible, this envelope contained the promotion papers of A. George Edmondson, a Civil War soldier, now that I know, and his promotion to corporal in the 127th Regiment Company G, USCT, the Colored Troops, dated uh, January 4th, 1865, and this was done in Brazos, Santiago, Texas. And in the same envelope was his discharge papers from serving in the Civil War. And this was his discharge record date of September the 8th 1865 also in Texas again i kind of I must have questioned as a young kid my mother and her sister well, what do you know they knew nothing
1: so i guess we
0: just kind of put it i uh, know i put it back i put it back
1: fantastic okay so you put it back <laughs> tell us more
0: Okay. Well, again, in 1974, uh, I took my wife back for her first trip to my hometown, mm, several weeks after our marriage. Uh, This was for my father's 80th birthday, and uh, the Bible was still up uh, up in the attic on top of a uh, R.C.A. Victrola of the same gentleman whose the Bible belonged to. And I showed her the entries and perhaps the entries in another Bible. And so that's it then. I must say that um, as an only child in uh, And in the cold winters, I would go up to the Bible and uh, go through it because it was so beautifully illustrated. Uh, Color illustration certainly for something like the 23rd Psalm or uh, whatever. Uh, But also it was on top of this Victrola. And this black gentleman had this wonderful eclectic record collection. Uh, anywhere from Caruso, Gallagherci, Arias, to Roland Hayes and whatever. And even though I knew him as a young boy, but I still wonder, who really was this guy, you know?
1: Okay, tell us more.
0: And, well, then it jumpstarts many Many years later, that we ended up, and that means my wife, after we had seen roots and kind of said, hey, you can do this, started doing some um, research. And, let me see, let me see, how does this work? But, we started doing, well, the first thing, as I said, seeing not only the um, marriage of my um, grandparents, and I'm a child of older parents, so and they were born in slavery, obviously. But the next thing, because I did have the Civil War uh, documents, and we visit uh, Washington, D.C. quite often, we ended up going to the um, National Archives, and we pulled up the records, of George Edmondson in his service in uh, the Civil War. And this certainly helped us with so much of our research because the um, pension records, the affidavits can give you so much information. Unfortunately, some of it changes from time to time because uh, perhaps the first part was given in his voice, and perhaps as he was getting older, perhaps a son or children were putting uh, information into the um into 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 the records, I'll put it that way.
1: Right. Okay, so with the pension records you found family information in there and affidavit, so with you, you had the Bible, you found the document in the, in the envelope, you've now gone to the National Archives and you've found records at the National Archives. Where else did that research take you? Because now you're kind of describing a, a historic event that occurred uh, in this country. But tell us what else uh, was going on that you found and continued to research your family.
0: Well, I think that when we're talking about the historic event, it has to be the Civil War, because, of course, not of course, but most of my ancestors were enslaved in Rockbridge County, Virginia. And we now know, through later research, um, in 1864, um, Hunter's Army went through Lexington, Virginia, we now know that my great-grandfather, George Edmondson, the Civil War soldier, was living in that area. So we say that he followed that uh, army and, the, and, and that migration from uh, Lexington, Virginia into West Virginia. Because now we know that George Edmondson, my great grandfather, enlisted in the 45th U.S.C. Uh, uh, the colored troops in Wheeling, West Virginia, August the 27th, uh, 2nd, 1864, and we know now that by um, September 3rd he was at Camp William Penn, which is in Pennsylvania. And his um, uh, um, need for whatever to be fighting for freedom must have been strong because we know now that he left a pregnant wife in Lexington area and a young daughter, Melinda, who is my granddaughter. And but after the completion of his service, they were uh, reunited and relocated to Parkersburg, West Virginia, which is my hometown.
1: Okay, so let's clarify: who is Melinda again?
0: Um, Melinda is his daughter, and that is my maternal grandmother.
1: Melinda's is your maternal grandmother. And she was born
0: in 1859.
1: Uh, okay. And when was George born? Uh,
0: 1836,
1: according to the family Bible. Okay. And so you're going back. So now we know George, we know of Melinda. So take us further back into who who were George's parents?
0: Uh, Well, that is one of the entries in the Bible of um, uh, uh, my mother's uncle, one second please Uh, um, his parents were Belinda Colbert and a Samuel Edmondson and in the family Bible it is stated that they were married 1827 whether enslaved people's could be or not, we don't know that, because I feel they were not free, Um, but they had eight children, and George being one of their children, and but the connection goes back further, is that Melinda's father was Brown Colbert, who now we know which I didn't know as a kid, certainly, was owned by Thomas Jefferson from his birth, 1785, until 1806.
1: And how did it feel for you when you discovered that Brown Colbert was a slave of Thomas Jefferson? I mean, what did you find that would tell you this, give you this information?
0: Well, again, mucho thanks, mucho thanks to my wife. She had been looking, and by now we're online, uh, and she would run into a Burl Colbert. And I'm very stubborn from time to time. And I said, no, we're not looking for a Burl Colbert. Brown, brown, brown. And she uh, probably stopped and dropped it for a period of time. But in 2006, um, she started again. She went on uh, a website, the Monticello Explorer, found Brown Colbert on The Monticello website, and who is he? A brother (laughs) of Burl Colbert.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That started. In fact, we didn't even know who to contact at Monticello and didn't even know some of the research. Uh, I'm sorry, research that they had been doing over a period of time and looking for descendants of enslaved uh, persons from the plantation. But we contacted uh, Monticello uh, 2006 and received um, quickly some uh, communication from the researchers, the historians, and and have continued uh, certainly an open communication, you know.
1: So what did you find out about Brown since you have been communicating with the people at Monticello? Just tell us a little bit of what you discovered about Brown.
0: Well, okay. Um, Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, being this... Uh, uh, I mean, he kept records. I mean, he kept records, certainly. Uh, so I know he listed him. I, I think it's in the 1794 records of his farm book that his, that's Thomas Jefferson's record of his holdings, his slaves and whatever. And I know that he was, he, meaning Brown Colbert, was born Christmas Day, uh, 1785. Um, I know who his siblings are, or half-siblings. In that same um, bracket is his mother, who is Betty Brown, who was born uh, 1759. And I must say that she was one of the first... Of uh, the Wales slaves to come to Monticello as a um, as Jefferson's wife's uh, maid servant or and slave, uh, and underneath that, of course, is Elizabeth Betty Hemings, uh, the grandmother of my ancestor. And something we, we, we have to think about is that even in slavery that sometimes different surnames are captured even by the slave master, whether it's Hemmings, Brown, Hughes, whatever. And so that can trip us up as we're trying to do
1: some research. Sure, sure. Well, we're going to take just a really quick break and then come back and continue to talk about your research. So just a quick break. Okay.
0: First, uh, my first visit to Montecello.
1: Welcome back. To- to research at the National Archives and Beyond blog, Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and you can join me every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, where I will have an expert to share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy and history questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, and Stitcher.com. Well, you have been listening to Bill Webb give us kind of his overview of of the big picture of what it was like to begin his research and to discover, even as a young child, around nine years old, a family Bible. Well, roots kind of stimulated him to to do a little bit more research, and along with his wife, he began to Unravel information about His family history So I want him to just tell us About Mulberry Road To tell us more We're going to just stop talking And let him tell us his story So Bill you're on Just let it flow
0: (laughs) And thank you again Thank you again Well All of this Again that 2006 time that we realized that there was any connection to Monticello at all Um, and we set off all the documentations but 2007 an organization called Monticello Community no connection officially with the Thomas Jefferson Foundation Monticello but it was persons who were descendants of slave owners, slaves, artisans, winemakers, uh, indentured servants, white, black, whatever. We met in Charlottesville, 2007, and that was our first visit to that area. And then, of course, we made a trip to Monticello, the plantation. They had reenactors at that time, uh, and one of the areas was the slave uh, re-row, um, mulberry row, but the um, the um, nail-making, nail-making is what I'm trying to say. So a cousin had come with me, along with my wife, and we stood there, and this reenactor was Pounding out the nails as my ancestor would have done as as a teenager or preteen perhaps, and uh, I'm we finally had to approach him said well you know uh, our ancestor and I still have a nail that this gentleman had pounded out uh, as part of. Uh, my memento from that day and that was heavy certainly um, I don't think we went back to Monticello for several years but certainly all of the research was continuing the the uh, persons were so helpful uh, I mean it was great it was great that we were sharing information back and forth that uh covered some of the gaps that we had never known about um, uh, families that were sisters and brothers who were some were enslaved some were free or the family connections that we have to realize that these enslaved persons did have strong family connections we know that uh, in 1831 that Brown Cobert, my ancestor communicated with a Jefferson uh, descendant about the welfare of his mother he couldn't do much because he was still enslaved at that time in Lexington, Virginia and they were trying to figure out well what can this aged woman and what can and we don't know when she died but we know now she, not only was she one of the first persons perhaps to come to Monticello, but may have been one of the last to leave or die as it as it said and so it's uh continually exciting that as all of this grows and grows and um as Anyone knows, in fact, as Ms. Bennett knows, certainly, that you find things and it never, never stops.
1: Absolutely. Now, I want to take you back to something. You started off in the very beginning, and you said in the Family Bible, there was an entry about family members Going to Liberia. Now, tell us what did you discover about that? I mean, how did they uh, come to to end up on a on a boat to Liberia? Tell us what you learned about that trip and what happened to the family.
0: Okay. Um, well, um, that was one of the things. I think it, uh, we ended up going to the Schomburg. Uh, Research uh, Library Center here in New York, and they had uh, a book on the immigrants that had been freed to go back to Liberia through the American Colonization Society. We found that Brown Colbert and part of his family and was the younger children that ended up uh, on the ship, uh, the Roanoke, um, going, and we don't know exactly who um, manumitted all of the family. There, uh, There is some written documentation for some of the other family, but not Brown himself, even though he was owned by a John Jordan, but we have never been able to prove that's who would have manumitted him but we know now that he landed in Monrovia Liberia uh, February 17th 1833 now the American colonization probably was giving this uh, beautiful story of this uh, going back and the freedom and but it wasn't quite the whole story. Monrovia, obviously, in the area it was, was malaria-ridden, and unfortunately, Brown and most of his family died soon after landing, and that was mentioned in the family Bible. Um, One son... Was still living in an 1840 or 45 census in Liberia, but that is the and another person in the family died of female disease 1840. But the only child of Brown Colbert that survived the malaria was a Burl Colbert. And we have never, we have not been able to research anything more about him since that census record of the 1840s.
1: What an amazing journey, and it's an amazing research that you not only could find your ancestors, but you know exactly what happened to them. Um, and it's and it's sad, actually, to to learn that they they left free. And passed away shortly after yes. landing in Monroe. to capture this
0: Monroe. dream, and unfortunately, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, right, to capture that dream. But to also find the, the ship, and uh, you saw all of their names on that ship.
0: Well, what it is, at Monticello, and this has just been placed in the um, mailmaking making area in, I think, the last two years, from the Library of Cong- Congress, they found the ship manifest, and they have reproduced that, and it's part of a marker on Mulberry Row for my ancestor. His name, those who Left on that ship, the Roanoke. It is there.
1: Oh, okay. And was there kind of a ceremony when they they have those names there? Are they engraved in something?
0: No, this is just a marker. But
1: just a marker. One Mm -hmm. of
0: the most mm, we planted, uh, or we were asked to help plant mulberry trees. On Mulberry Row, I think it's 2015, in honor and in memory of the spirits of our ancestors, and I participated. And certainly, I did it in his name and his family's name. And um, I was at. I've, I've gone through many different types of emotional situations, being at Monticello, uh, tears, uh, sadness, yes, but planting the tree, I'm grinning from ear to ear because it was for him, it was for him and his family and many more, certainly. And Mm -hmm. so you react differently as you're in at, at different times, I guess. I guess.
1: Sure, certainly, and I can imagine. I mean, the stages of of the, your emotions as you have gone through your journey, but the tree symbolized life, and, uh, and the also memory,
0: <laughs> and the branches, which are
1: and the branches. as we yes. yes. So I understand I mean, just looking at this understanding your research, I mean, there were six hundred and seven plus slaves on on Monticello, and you said many descendants have come back. Uh, do the descendants come back and and tell their story, or talk about their research?
0: Well, Monticello has a wonderful, wonderful um, project which is almost 25 years old, called the Getting Word Project, which I, I didn't know about, but they started. And Lucia Stanton, a wonderful historian, beautiful woman, has been researching and tracking down, traveling, following descendants of the enslaved persons from Monticello. And I was interviewed in 2007. Um, It has been revived again. Uh, The new persons, uh, young uh, persons who are gung-ho or think serious about uh, following up on updating and also as what happened uh, 25 years ago, Needs to be um, updated, uh, you know, as far as recent. Um, I mean, um, tech, technology. Uh, technology, I should say. Yes, yeah. And but uh, no. So uh, Monticello has done this for twenty-five years, and there's many seg- um I have. Oh, I should say that. Descendants of my ancestor still live in the Lexington, Virginia area. I met them some years ago. um, And they have been there since he was moved there as a slave person in 1806. And they are still in that town.
1: And so did any of them talk about... Monticello or talk about having ties to uh Jefferson?
0: Well some uh, are 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 part of the Getting Word Project. Um and so this is how I probably connected with them, certainly. And uh, but the um uh, the uh Getting Word Project is really um um uh, Ongoing, hopefully uh, uh, will be updated. It's um, something I don't think any other uh, plantation museum is doing at this time or even thought about. And, uh, oh, I might say that speaking about Monticello and they with the museum the um the um, they co-sponsored a exhibit called Paradox of Liberty of course talking about Jefferson but it was at one of the Smithsonian um um uh, museums on um, constitution uh, this is before the museum opened, but Rex Ellis was one of the co-curators uh, along with Ms. Chu from Monticello at that time. And it captured uh, the migration of uh, persons from Africa to the Americas, and certainly we know now that many went to um, uh, Southern America, uh, or South America, I should say, but they profiled a a number of families, uh, the Hearns, the Hemings, and we were uh, invited, of course, but didn't expect any, um, you know, because I'm not, I'm just John Doe, I guess, but We were there for the opening and to see descendants of the enslaved persons. But my great grandfather, being a um, Civil War veteran, was there with the other Hemmings soldiers of the Union Army as part of the exhibit. Um, And this was all a surprise. Then they had a map of uh, the Americas and color coded by family. And Colbert, believe it or not, was one of the families. My hometown, Parkersburg, West Virginia, was there. Lexington, Washington, D.C., but also Monrovia, Liberia, where Brown had died. Mm -hmm. So we have.
1: yeah, so it sounds like someone else had also been doing this research uh, to gather this information, to put this exhibit together, or did they take the research, or did you provide them with this research? Well, no,
0: some, some, no, but see, this is one of the wonderful things about the researchers that I have worked with, or we have worked with at Monticello, that they embrace you, and vice versa and but but they have been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. They knew of brown colbert didn't know of us until two thousand and six.
1: I understand okay, mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and so are they right now actively searching for descendants of the slaves of Monticello?
0: I think it is still ongoing. I think um, two persons have been recently hired, and uh, one thing is that um, the Thomas Jefferson Foundation is certainly looking forward, planning, and talking about, and in these difficult times, where we are uh, today and where we were then because some of the things I say in my words that Jefferson was a person of his time and perhaps part of that 1% at that time but uh, but um, no um, I say that it is ongoing in fact as recent as last month uh, in the Washington Post, um, there is an article about looking at uh, what they are almost sure was where Sally Hemings would have resided and whatever, based on um, research and from uh, the memoirs or whatever her son had said, Madison, I do believe. And so I, they are consciously and working on telling the stories, not of just one family, the Hemings family, of course, but many of the other families. And so it's. Uh, uh, Painful time that we talk about, but it's a real time. Yes, yes it is. is. Now, not in There's there an app, a- app. That, that
1: one one, 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 one and download. Uh, so tell us about this. about this, this, this app, app uh, uh, that that help help cool. kind of, kind kind of go, go through the journey, the journey on 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 my 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 very well.
0: Bill? Yes. Okay. I, okay. okay.
1: Okay. We didn't, we didn't hear, anything. hear anything. I didn't know I didn't whether know I, lost I lost you or not. <laughs>
0: I think there's a lot of static all of a sudden.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I was asking you about the, the app that's available okay. so that if people would like to know more about uh, Mulberry Row. Okay. Um, in
0: 2015, uh Monticello had um uh, produced i should say perhaps an app called Life and Work on Mulberry Row, which is certainly uh the slave quarter area which can be uh downloaded and da, 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 da. it mm. I'm looking on everything here I'm sorry it's but if and if nothing else more um more information can be found on monticello dot org forward slash app and it's um it's usually, what it is if you were visiting Monticello itself. Um, it walks you through the various areas of monticello um and and um the uh Mulberry Road, the slave quarter area. but I use it as just a a jump start for me to keep the history alive and I listen to it from time to time. I do the introduction to it and and was <clears throat> lucky enough to even able to talk about my ancestor Brown Colbert
1: well that's that is wonderful and it's it's good that you were able to share with us information about your ancestor Brown Colbert and also take us kind of through your journey well do you have any parting words for individuals that are kind of like you you retired and you started doing your research what what, what do you want people to be inspired about when they try to go on a similar journey?
0: Well, first of all, for any of us, my age, I'm 75, but certainly the younger ones, talk to your older relatives, your parents, your cousins, your sisters. Find out some information uh, if they're not, Against you to even you know record their information um and in closing, I would just like to give a quickie uh, it's a, a poem that um a cousin of mine had shared with me the um author is unknown, but it says, "We are chosen." I tell the story of my family, it is up to one called in the next generation to answer the call and to take their place in the long line of family storytellers. That is why I do my family story and perhaps you should do yours.
1: Thank you so much. And, you know, that's one of the things that we want people to do, to tell your story, because it is your story, and to pass that story on and on and on, and to also inspire individuals. So, Bill, I want to thank you so very much for coming on tonight and for sharing your story and your research with us. And I want everyone else to please remember Your ancestors left footprints. Therefore, you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. You can continue this discussion on the research at the National Archives and beyond and the Afrogenius Facebook pages. And also remember to listen to the African Roots Podcast with Angela Walton Raji. And also watch for the Black ProGen Live with host Nika Sul-Smith. Thank you so much for joining research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by your host, Bernice Beebees. Genealogy and Educational Services LLC and my website is www.geniebroots.com and I look forward to all of you joining me next Thursday this is your host Bernice Alexander Bennett good night everyone good night Bill
0: good night and thank you